0: Say what's on your mind, tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me, I can't
1: hide it anymore. It needs to be so free, there's no time.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode. Uh, My guest today is a friend of mine who is a writer and a a development executive. Uh, We're currently in an undisclosed location, not at the normal location where I do these episodes. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Dan McCarthy. What's going on? Uh, So I'm going to start with, to give people a context of you, Dan. Okay. Um, So we met in graduate school. Yes. I would describe Dan... I don't even know if I've, like, told these to the, to you in person. You definitely but. have not. Okay. <laughs> I probably described you as, like, pretty generous. Yeah, because I remember there'd be times where, like, there'd be, like, the one, you know, like, in our writing, we were in a screenwriting program in grad school, and there'd be, like, the group classes where all. Right. The The graduating class all had to show up. And in those classes, Dan would be like. Hey, anybody want pizza? And people like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't know, sure. Maybe after." And yeah, it's like, "No, no, like right now." And we're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, okay." And then like at pizza. the br- at the break, there's like five pizzas delivered to class. Yeah. yeah. And then and then people will be trying to throw you money. You'd be like, "Nah. I'm not an someone for money." Yeah. No, I know, but I mean, like that's an example of Right, right. Dan McCarthy. And so friend of the show, uh he has asked that he be given the Rare honor of telling three untold stories. And I said, yes. You said no. I said. You said no first. But well, because yeah. I was like, how long are they? And then you're like, they're not that long. I'm like, all right. I'll be quick. Yeah. But then you gave me a very delicious cream soda. <laughs> Highland Park Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, shameless plug. Maybe I'll get sponsored one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wherever White Rose is. Yeah,
0: Um, so we're going to hear from Dan uh, three stories, and Dan is a writer, so this is not a surprise that you have many stories to tell, but these three, uh, people haven't really heard before. No. So, uh, yeah, whenever you want to launch into...
1: uh, All right, Uh, thank you, appreciate this, uh, for letting me tell three stories. (laughs) First one, my name is Dan McCarthy, but that's not my real name. And I don't know what my real last name is. And I know both my biological parents. But I have no idea what my last name is. So, <laughs> wait, okay. to go back, turn of the century Italy, my great-great-grandmother fucked a priest. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is my great-grandfather, Felice. So, they didn't want it to be found out that this was the priest's kid. So, they didn't want to name it after the woman either because, I guess, turn of the century, Italy, very sexist. You can't name the kid after the woman. Okay. So, they made up a last name for the kid and threw him in a foster home. So, they called him Felice Cordo Padre. So, Cordo Padre loosely means heart of the father wow, in Italian, okay. which I thought was too obvious. It's a priest, you know, heart yeah. of the father. That was too obvious. Uh, but, anyway, so he was in foster care. But So... I'll get to how it becomes McCarthy, but I have no idea what my real last name is. It's that priest's last name.
0: <laughs> whoever like, that person whoever is. Whoever
1: that priest is, which I'll never be able to track, Yeah, that's my last name. And I, I, I can never... Like, we've tried. There's no way I can find it out. Okay. Anyway, the kid goes... To, Felice goes to foster. My great-grand, great-grandfather goes to foster care. My great-great-grandmother gets married to a guy... She adopts her own kid. It's like seven years old by this point. You know, so it's like. Huh, okay. The stepfather knew the deal. He hated his new stepson, Felice, my great-grandfather. Yeah. But whatever, he was fine with it. My great-great-grandmother dies in childbirth of her next kid. Wow. The stepfather immediately just throws Felice to the streets, and he goes back into, like, foster care for the rest of his life. Until he was 17. Yeah. At 17, he gets in a bar fight in Italy and stabs a guy. Supposedly kills a guy. (laughs) And flees to America. So I say supposedly kills a guy because my old Italian relatives have told me, like, oh, no, 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 no. We found out later, like, someone came over from the same town. And they were like, no, 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 that guy survived. So you're not a descendant of a killer. But I feel like adding that last sentence is a lie. They just add the last sentence: "You're not a descendant of a killer" to make everyone feel better. Right. So I don't know if I believe them exactly, but either way, Felice moves to Buffalo eventually. Buffalo in the 1920s was very racist. It's still a little racist today. It's Polish Irish. That's what Buffalo is. Polish Irish. Okay. Uh, so he's this guy named Felice Cortopadre, like, unibrow, Italian-looking guy, working on the railroad. He's a good worker. One day, he doesn't get his paycheck. So, he's going to the manager, the guy who, like, you know, passes out everything and manages everything, Irish guy. And he's like, why didn't I get paid? And he was like, oh, sorry. Like, the big boss, the owner of the railroad, just saw your name on a roster and didn't sign off on the paycheck because he hates Italians. Wow. Okay. So... He goes, hold on, I'll take care, I'll take care of it. Just, just keep working. You're a good worker. Like, I want to keep you. So this manager guy just changed my great-grandfather's name to McCarthy. So on the roster, it said F period McCarthy. Right. And I've literally seen bank records. He was married by that time uh, to my great-grandmother, Lucia. So it was just Felice and Lucia, quarter padre, and it switched to Felice, Lucia, McCarthy. Wow. And then that generation married all Italians. The next generation married all Italians. So then there's my dad and his two brothers walking around Buffalo, 100% Italian, named McCarthy. All three of those boys ended up not marrying Italian at all. So I am actually Irish. Mm. But, so that's the story of why my name is McCarthy. Wow. Can we do a quick follow? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a quick one. <what? laughs> Well, you know, like, because we're doing, like, a, you know, three, a triple, back-to-back-to-back yeah. session. Yeah. I want to, like, maybe ask some follow-up on this yeah, real yeah, quick.
1: Yeah. Um, how did you know all of that? It's just story in my family. Just and, keep, yeah, every, like, everyone knows it in my family.
0: And it just kept being passed
1: down and down? Yeah. I mean, it's only a couple generations. Uh, True. But, yeah. like, literally when I was little, I'd be at a grocery store, and if someone had to know my dad's name, they would look at him and be like, You're a McCarthy? what How are you Irish? And he's like, yeah, long story. Mm. And then I like heard the story and then eventually I saw, they showed me like bank records when my grandma died. Like, oh know, wow. Saw all this stuff and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's articles in like the North Tonawanda, which is a small town in Buffalo, like newspaper about Corta Padre. And stuff. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you can Google Corta Padre and pretty much I will show up. Like, what do you mean? Like, your my the... like Instagram name and like my like corporations that.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh.
1: And then there's some North Tonawanda history. So, wow.
0: I didn't. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. <laughs> um, I don't really know <laughs> no, what to why say. would you? That story was so complete. <laughs> and like, uh, you may be the descendant of a. Someone who stabbed somebody,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely stabbed someone in a bar fight, but maybe lived. We don't yeah, know. I'm a descendant yeah. of priest. I got religious blood in me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, wow.
0: Okay, uh, I'll, I'll I'll think on that. Maybe add that to the post third story discussion. Uh, let's get into the second of three of a back to back to back. Thank
1: you again, sir. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, uh, when I say I have religious blood, that leads into my next story, which oh, is basically I... my struggle with Catholicism and my relationship with my father Ooh, okay. in one story. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I was six years old in first grade. It's yeah. Christmas time. I lived in Princeton, New Jersey at the time. Uh, and this kid, Omar. So all you got to know for this story is Brad, me, and Omar. Okay. So, Omar, kid in my first grade class, was telling everyone that Santa is not real. Oh man! He was telling everybody, and Brad and I, my best friend Brad, were like, "What are you talking about? Like, our parents wouldn't give us all these presents. That's so stupid. Of course, Santa's real." And Omar was like, "Nah, you're wrong. You're wrong. Like, why would that? How it's physically impossible. How would that happen?" And we're like, "No, no, no, no. Come on." So I go home that day see my mom. I ask my mom, like, Mom, is there Santa Claus? And She goes, of course there is. Of course there's Santa. I'm like, yeah, of course. You guys wouldn't give me all these presents. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Go back to school. I'm like, Omar, there's a Santa Claus. And he's like, whatever, man, there's no Santa Claus. Brad's parents are a little more creative than my parents. So Brad went home and said the same thing to his parents. I get a call Christmas day from Brad. He goes, Yo, you got to come over here. You got to come over. I have proof. There's real Santa. There really is a Santa Claus. Okay. I'm like, what? So like, I asked my mom. and mom drives me over to Brad's house. Brad pops in a VHS and he's playing. And it's just his garage door just from the inside, like in his house where the garage enters the house. It's just a video camera on the ground. He's like, my dad set up a camera all night so we could see Santa. I'm like, okay. They didn't have a chimney at this house. (laughs) Okay. So Santa comes through the garage in his house. They leave the garage unlocked. So we're watching this video. Like, fast forwards for a while. All of a sudden, we see the door open, and it's basically the waist down. Mm. And it's Santa's pants and the boots. Yeah. And a big bag plops down. And, like, uh, Crossfire. Do you remember that game, Crossfire? Sort of. It was like a game... It's like not a board game. it's like an action board game or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Crossfire like spills out. Well, a present spilled out under the couch from the bag. And Brad later told me it was Crossfire. It was for some other kid, but Brad got it. Santa made a mistake. <laughs> and so Santa goes off camera. He goes out and then goes out. And he's like, see, there's proof. There is Santa. And I'm like, oh, man, we're going to go back to Omar. We're going to get this. You know, we're yeah, we yeah. tell him we got proof. So after Christmas break, we go back to school. I walk up to Omar, I'm like, Omar, we have proof. Brad's family left a camera and we filmed Santa Claus. We have footage of Santa Claus coming in. Omar's like, no, no, like there's yeah. no Santa Claus. Like it was probably like your dad or Brad's dad or something. That's ridiculous. So that day I go home. My mom wasn't home. My dad was home. So I go to my dad. Yeah. Dad, is there Santa Claus? And I remember, even though I was six years old, I remember distinctly, he looks up from his newspaper and goes, no. And then he goes back to his newspaper. And I just started bawling. My mom comes home like, why is my kid bawling? I'm just like, I wish I were Jewish. Like, why are we even Catholic? This is so stupid. There's no Santa Claus. Because that was my understanding of of Catholicism at the time. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And that's how I found out that Santa Claus was not real. Your dad just put the, My dad the foot, just said no. He's just not put the foot down.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Which well, I that,
1: respect. That. Yeah. Just like don't you don't need to let the lie keep going. But I felt guilty for every Christmas after that because for the next like four years it would still be to Dan from Santa. My parents would still write from <laughs> Santa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they still kept it going. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, I know, just, just guilt trip. Uh, okay.
0: The, okay, yeah, well, uh, let me ask a couple little post-story to this question. So, I guess, did your dad always kind of deflate, like, Santa or Tooth Fairy, where he'd be like, nah, there's no Tooth Fairy, there's no Santa? I
1: remember getting, like, a quarter or something under my pillow for a Tooth Fairy, but I have no idea if that was my mom's influence or my dad, but, uh, no, I mean, he was just... Chill, dude. Whatever. Except for the Santa moment, he just no. Like, he was chill in the moment, just like no. Nah, there's no Santa.
0: Oh, just like very nonchalant. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah, my mom was pretty mad.
0: <laughs> but they still went on with the 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 notes from Santa, despite you knowing.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: What, what's what happened? To, like, why would Omar? Omar
1: found out and Omar was just a loud mouth and he just wanted everyone to know and ruin every other kid. I mean, six years old is pretty young.
0: Yeah. To ruin the dreams and hopes of your classmates. What does your kid think? Oh yeah. You know, Santa's real. Okay. Yeah. 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 I I have a child uh, for the audience. (laughs) Sorry. Well, they know, I don't know. I don't know if they know. I do, but yeah, we, yeah, we play along. Yeah. We, we do the whole like Santa's real. Yeah. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to see how long I can let it ride.
1: I, I g- do I remember, six, though.
0: I guess six is that, that Matt, the, the...
1: Yeah, first grade. I was about to be seven, I guess, but...
0: First, second grade, that's when people starting to doubt.
1: Yeah, uh, I do remember, like, in third grade, us making fun of a kid that still thought Santa was real. Okay.
0: So don't go too far. I'm going to let it go for a while, yeah. But once, I guess once you get first, second grade, it's, it's probably on his no. last, last leg. Um, so were you really you were like
1: were you really hyped on Christmas though like
0: yeah uh...
1: I wasn't a giant Christmas fan ever I I don't really like I like time off and I like just like in general but I hate like this requirement of presents and like my mom freaking out the day before of like getting presents my mom's one of 13 kids and it's like just like oh my god you have to get a present for this person to this person like everything like I hate that stress of presents yeah yeah uh but yeah Christmas is, is okay
0: did your, did your house like get decorated and stuff like the whole uh, we the whole... were the
1: people that put just one light in each window just like the I don't know maybe that was an east coast thing it Maybe was, it was just like in your windows in your house you just had like one little like fake candle okay. light no is that, I don't I have no idea. Yeah, that is, was a thing. Is that like a Buffalo East
0: Coast yeah. thing?
1: I, maybe it is. It's like for lazy people, I guess. Okay. No tree? Uh, No, we had trees unless someone was too busy to put one up or something. It was, I would say 90, 90% of the time there was a tree. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to see like – I could see
0: your dad just be like, no, nah, there's no Santa if like the whole vibe was never really – you know. Yeah, I mean, I would you know. think
1: it's a bigger picture of, like, both my parents were both raised by, like, strict Roman Catholic parents okay. and stuff. I can tell that my dad's probably, it was an atheist forever. And, like, my mom probably wanted to not have me be an atheist for as long as possible. And somehow that conflates with Santa Claus and what's real and what's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, We'll. I don't know.
0: Okay. Yeah, no. Um well, it's, uh, this is like, I've never done like rapid fire storytelling. This is kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's like, we got we gotta move on to the next.
1: No, you can ask questions, do whatever you well, want. I
0: think, I think, I think, you know, Dan, the person will be formulated by the third and final No, this story's for you. Oh, it's just for me? This is for not
1: you. Not even like, this is just when you ask me, I'm like, oh, I got to tell him that story, but it's not really about me. But I experienced it. Okay. Well, you want me to just go? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll. We'll. I'll see if it relates
1: to you. When I was in college, I worked uh, the NBA All Star Game every year. So, because uh, my sister works for the NBA. Oh wow. Okay. Um. So I'd take off like two weeks, get a note from the NBA, like, "Hey, he's not skipping class; he's working," and I'll go work All Star games, mm. um, in different things, player transportation or jam session, which is like at the convention center, just NBA basketball party kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so my first year, so I was 19. It was in uh, Washington, DC in 2001. And this is before 9-11. Yeah. It was 2001 it was February. So I was in player transportation. So you could pick up the players right when they got off the plane. So you'd go and basically you treat the players like a baby. Right. And bring them right from the plane to their next stop Then, when during the games or during Saturday night you make sure they get from the hotel to the stadium even if they're not playing they just want to like hang out and party you got to just you babysit the players the whole time yeah yeah and if you don't know anything about NBA All-Star Weekend it's like a party it's like Thanksgiving times 20 it's every stripper in the area is there every (laughs) like anything is in town and uh, my favorite Player was, was real quick was Damon just to set the mood was Damon Jones.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember Damon Jones. Yeah, he yes. just
1: he just got soup thrown at him by J.R. Smith this season. He was a Cavs assistant coach, if you know oh. that story. J.R. Smith. Oh threw yeah, soup. the soup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That episode. was at Damon Jones. Um, but Damon Jones was literally he got a free trip to All Star because he was holding a ball up for his teammate, stromile Swift, in the dunk contest. Mm. And he gets a free trip. So he gets off the plane and he goes. It don't matter if you're Damon Jones or Michael Jordan this weekend. You getting some. <laughs> so it's like the mindset of it. it's just like crazy partying like I don't uh, like Steve Francis who's you, from DC. Yeah. Like he was waiting for like a car to come pick him up. And it's in the freezing cold, we're standing outside, we're waiting and waiting. It's obviously before Ubers 2001 and we are like, Steve, you have a Hummer parked right here. Cause you're from here. He had a car. He's like, no, nah, no nah, man, the Hummer's too slow. Like, and it's just like weird. I don't know. Weird realities. Yeah. People. Anyway, Saturday night after the dunk contest, I'm in the exit where the VIP exit and entrance area. And so everyone's leaving, you know, there's like Alonzo morning here to my left saying bye to his wife. Cause Alonzo's going out partying. His wife's going back to the hotel. Uh, there's, like, Bill Russell and Dr. J over there just, like, chatting with each other. Oh, And wow. I'll get to them in a second. Uh, and Bill Russell is Dr. Hibbert from The Simpsons. Do you know that character? Uh, the Black Doctor. It's like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. that's <laughs> Bill Russell. <laughs> like random. Like, okay. That's what, he, that's what he's like. So, anyway... I'm in the VIP like area telling people you know like gathering players whatever and from afar there's like a just some commotion just like a ruckus and it's like a guy and he's like holding something to another guy and it's like kind of like they're like struggling kind of but they're walking towards the VIP area everyone you see is looking at them like, what is going on so they are walking towards me they get closer And I see it's the host of TRL, which is like the hottest show at the time, Carson Daly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Carson Daly and like his manager or like just assistant or somebody was like a middle-aged man going, Carson, put this on. Can you – you got to put this on. So, everyone in the VIP area, even Alonzo Mourning, even Bill Russell, Dr. J, they have to wear their badge. They have to wear the lanyard Mm -hmm. with the badge that says – like the NBA passes out these things and you have to wear it and like – you know, my job, the per- other person, like the bouncer at the front of the thing is not supposed to let you in. So Carson is going like, oh, God. he's just like, I don't know what he's saying. He's just like flailing his arms and everything, not taking this thing. They get closer. I'm hearing the, hey, Carson, you got to wear this. You got to put this on. And Carson is pretty uh, happy, pretty uh, yeah, overserved. Okay. TRL
0: the hottest show at the yeah, time. Yeah, he can yeah, do whatever he wants. He's
1: in a good mood. Why not? So Carson yeah. Daly is walking in. He bum rushes through like the, when I say bouncer, it's like another person like me in the front of the entrance. And he's going, everyone knows who the fuck I am. I don't have to fucking wear anything. Everyone knows who the fuck I am. The fuck off me. Everyone knows who the fuck I am. And he's saying that and he's making a scene with everyone's looking at him in the VIP area. So Dr. J goes super loud. Hey Bill, you know who the fuck this kid is? And Bill goes, "I have no idea." <laughs> and everyone starts laughing. Nice. And, that, and It was just like, uh, it was like Doctor J is awesome.
0: Um, that is a great thing to see. Yeah, it was pretty funny because you're, you're college age. Yeah, I was nineteen. Mm, yeah, and to see. One of your heroes, Carson Daly, <laughs> just get, get get totally in this like weird celebrity moment. But I mean, he was like the biggest dude at that time. Yeah, no one's going to
1: say anything to him. No, no one's going to stop him from entering the VIP. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he,
0: I guess he could do that, but
1: why? He can also get called out by Dr. J.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's almost more awesome. I almost think, I think he did the right thing to make a scene just to get called out by NBA legends. Yeah. Wow. How many all-star games did you do?
1: Uh, so I worked four. Okay. uh, DC, Atlanta, Philly, DC, Philly, and Atlanta. And then LA it was 2004, right before I was going to graduate. Oh I yeah. Like, I was like, Oh, I'm in LA. Oh, I should move out here. And then a few months later graduated and drove out here. Yeah, not
0: with Uh, pretty. I mean, and you're pretty sure that Santa
1: Claus doesn't exist, and (laughs) you don't know your you don't know your last name. No, there is video proof though of Brad's dad. Apparently, it was Brad's dad who just got the pants and the boots. Didn't have the full suit. That's what the story was. Uh, Yeah,
0: that was uh, that was the Dan McCarthy experience we just had. Yeah, there's sort of three very different stories, but I know you, so I'd, I'm not like surprised that they come from the same person. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like I like it's not like what that Dan would never tell a story like that. It's more like, oh, that those are three very not connected things, but that they are because they're you. Yeah. Um, let me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the standard question I ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tend to ask people, you know, why did you decide to share these stories publicly? I know the NBA one's like a special one for me. Cause you like celebrities. Ironically. I like, yeah. I like celebrities in the NBA, but it's, you still like told it, you know what I mean? Like what I guess? Cause you have, you, you told three. So yeah. Any, any,
1: uh, I mean my name one, cause that's just the classic story of, that I don't know what my last name is, but I'm not adopted or anything. Um, the Santa Claus one is only because that happened to me. That's like I was there. That's a me story. Yeah. So yeah. I thought you needed a me story. <laughs> um and I like I forgot about that story too for a long time. Uh and then yeah, MBA just because I thought it was fun. Yeah, you uh
0: I like that you kind of took took the prompt as like an assignment and then you tried <laughs> to think about like, you know, what would mesh on on this
1: program. Yeah, I mean, I, I Obviously, as we talked about before we recorded, I don't want to tell a lot of stories because. But these are personal enough, sure. am yeah. willing enough. Let me go. Uh, I mean, my Instagram's on private, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. No, know, no, it's it's, it's not. Well.
0: No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not easy for people to to let to open up and stuff. I do think that you not knowing your last name is pretty personal. Like a legit, like
1: yeah. You I feel like I'm like martyring myself by saying that. It's just stupid. Who cares?
0: Well, I mean, if you got into like a deeper thing about like identity and stuff, well, and yes. like, you know, but then like all these, that whole backstory of like, you know, priest intercourse led to da da da. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of racism. Racism. Yeah. 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 All that kind of Buffalo. Then, then, then he got to your you know, great, great grandfather got to Buffalo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how. Just
1: I, I don't know either. I think maybe they knew someone from his town in Italy. Yeah. So he went from Ellis Island to Buffalo somehow. Um. Do you hear? Oh, here. Actually,
0: here's a here's a question that I. So this will tie this will tie the whole thing together, even from. Really. Yeah. So in the intro. I mentioned that you and I know each other from grad school, from screenwriting program, mm-hmm. uh, screenwriters. I actually never had a class. I had like one class with you that had writing. And it was like a short scene class. Okay. Right? Yeah. Maybe. I had one. No, yes. I think I had one class with, no, zero. No, wait, zero. I don't think I had a writing class with you that involved writing. Interesting. Like, like, I think I, we had, like, business classes and, yep. like, other things. But I think actually... Watching
1: movies classes.
0: Yeah, like, there was never actually a class where I read your material. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. There might be one class that, like, eludes me that I think you might be in, but then I don't think you're
1: in it. But then I'm not sure. And you're tying <laughs> this together because... I'm tying this because
0: do you... How do you... Uh, like, do you take stories like the ones you hold um and, and incorporate them in your your scripts like you're writing
1: like how do, how do you generate kind of your ideas yeah, definitely i mean yeah like you remember we had to write like a, the first script we had to write in school which i'm sure you wrote scripts before like i wrote scripts in undergrad too right But right. like there was some restriction i remember on the first script or had to be like a simple like, the first ever in the beginning of the I don't remember. Like, I just remember not a lot of people had elaborate stuff. And I wrote something that was, like, a true story, basically. Yeah. Just about sharing a dog. Uh, right, right. Um, and then, yeah, the Christmas story is in a script I'm writing. Okay. So, they, they do kind of make their way. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Which is why you try to not have any regrets, because you can use it all in story or you can always learn or even horrible decisions or horrible jobs yeah. or horrible avenues that you go forward on. But it's like, Oh wait, hold on. Right. Nothing yeah. is a bad experience. I can use this. Yeah. Um, and then also
0: I, I can say you work in nonfiction too, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause you also do a lot of work with reality content Um, Dan's like running stuff all over the place. How are, how are, how are telling those stories when it's like real people? Like what's kind of the,
1: yeah. When I'm like Skyping with a mom whose 22 year old daughter was murdered and I feel like I'm using them because I'm trying to get a show greenlit through them. You feel super guilty, but when they email you or call you and like, thank you for like letting them get it off their chest and you do it in like a nicer way, which is yeah. hard to do because yeah, everyone is using everyone. Everyone either wants a TV show, but I don't usually, I don't do like housewives type shows. Uh, yeah. You did, I don't you know. Did. You feel guilty a lot. Yeah. But it's, but in the end, you, if you're honest and make clear everything, <clears throat> yeah, then people respect, people respect it and you can, Tell their stories.
0: Yeah, I, I always. I mean, I, I have a reality background too, but in the sort of that housewives genre, where it's like, like the talent kind of knew that they were, you know, re- they know what they're signing up for. Yeah, they know what they're signing up for, and they know they're sort of re- fabricating situations or like, mm-hmm. um, like in my era, they would save arguments to be done on camera, which is kind of a weird thing of like they're actually having the argument in real life but they're saving it to do it when the cameras are rolling so there's like a a waiting period of like lighting and like you know oh we're gonna do it on this day so don't fight about that now that's cool that you told us yeah but do do it like two days from now like it's like a weird thing to me
1: it's all it's all it's not scripted but it's all planned
0: yeah planned is like and then it's
1: totally redone in the edit bay
0: yeah, so it's, it's retold, totally by, rewritten. Yeah.
1: Sometimes, yeah.
0: That's kind of a pro tip for writing. Things are going to get redone
1: after your first draft. Yeah. Well, they say writing is rewriting. Yeah. Great that you accomplished finishing that script, but that means nothing because no one's given out their first draft. Rewrite it. Yeah, it's a little little pro tip from
0: from a an industry <laughs> industry vet. Uh, well, that uh. That, i mean we're kind of headed up on on closing time that was Semi-Somic. that was like that was like fast and furious for me <laughs> i was just like whoa okay uh next story whoa
1: <laughs> okay
0: uh, carson daly yes
1: <laughs> yes let's let's end on let's end on uh who might a, be a nice guy i've heard good things just I know just an not, editor on his show and he's, he's a really nice guy i mean so i don't you know i'm, I'm I don't mean to besmirch your reputation.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we're not here trying to, like,
1: you know... I was there and it happened. I saw
0: it. People have their moments. Um, And, you know, when you were the hottest person in 01,
1: sure. TRL was so huge. Like, I totally forgot about how huge it was.
0: I really didn't expect um, us to talk about TRL. (laughs) (laughs) But... That that was kind of, uh, you literally saw like the most famous dude in America, <laughs> for like a, a couple. Of years. I mean, yeah, kind a period, of period. I guess small period. He, yeah. He, I mean, he was. Yeah. He was the face of MTV. Yeah. Kind of unexpected, of all the VJs I had like come before. Yeah. And then you get this guy that. Was he before Seacrest too?
1: Yeah. Right. Seacrest wasn't a. TRL guy was he
0: no he wasn't but I mean before Seacrest became like the, yeah yeah the, the face of...
1: got huge like 2003 four yeah like
0: Seacrest became like the face of like hosting shows yeah like but before him was like or maybe
1: Carson Daly yeah
0: was like the face of hosting a program and and doing radio or whatever um yeah wow that's uh it's a lot I want to think about Carson now. <laughs> um well, great cool. golfer apparently Really great golfer. Oh, interesting. And uh, doesn't want to wear lanyards. <laughs> no. Who who would?
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I hated is, those kids freshman year that wore their keys around lanyards. Oh, yeah. Because that's that. what they gave you. They gave you a lanyard with your key on it so you don't lose it. Yeah, I remember that. But it's just everyone walk around with lanyards. I never just, did that. Uh, yeah. No, no. Just put it in your pocket like, a, yep. like an adult. Yep. That's what I did. Um, is there anything you uh,
0: want to – a closing word? I, I kind of – I tend to close things, but I wanted to give you the, the honor since you told the, the rare triple story.
1: Uh, no, you should close. The only thing I realized when you talk and tell a story, yeah. you tell stories, that there's like guilt in my stories a lot, and that's not, that's not good.
0: Like, you feel guilty? I already
1: have like a guilt, Catholic guilt problem. <laughs> even though i'm not catholic i'm an atheist but but you had the catholic roots yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. i have all my sacraments up to this point done I'm i don't even b- know what that means baptized confirmed yeah okay you conf- went through you know uh the eucharist whatever it is yeah i forgot now but
0: you went through well you went through the Went through all you went through stuff. it yeah yeah
1: religious classes yeah
0: yeah so yeah you, you're coming from that place mm. um Okay. Well, I'll close it. I just, I've, I don't have a great closer. That's what I've been working on, on these episodes. I don't know how to, I don't know how to sign off, but I will say, uh, thanks. <laughs> You want like
1: a, you want like a Seacrest out kind yeah, of Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think. What one, did Carson do on TRL? I don't know. Damn Carson it. Carson Daly and I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Well, let's know. all thank, no... uh, I'm just going to thank Dan for, for the triple story, a rare feat. Uh, only one to have done it. I thank you for uh, the honor. Uh, on this first season of our show and yeah, thanks so much and uh, I hope to hear from you or listen, thanks for listening yeah, we'll talk soon,
1: bye (laughs) That's so David
0: Ready for another episode? Well check us out at beststoryinevertold.com or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts or a number of other podcast aggregators and if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series please contact us at Best Story I Never Told at gmail.com